Or it's it? possible I might sob during this movie. Oh. If I recall correctly. We shouldn't do it then. Why? I can't see your vulnerability, or I'll never be able to respect you enough to do a show with you. <laughs> Welcome to Your Inner Child is an Idiot, the podcast where we look back on things from your childhood and tell you whether or not they were any good. Good. Hello, DJ. Hello, Damon. I am Damon. I don't know why I can't do introductions. Thanks for reiterating. <laughs> I are- can confirm that I am Damon. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. I am I'm very good. I'm excited, uh, both emotionally and sexually about no that's right. not true no thank you i am excited as well also sexually because for once whereas everything we watch it seems to have plenty of weird sexual baggage for me we finally get to watch something that is weird sexually baggage for you this one is going to be especially weird i think this is going to be more like never ending by the way we're watching my girl the movie my girl um and i was we're watching home movies that's the weird thing i was DJ's home movies of myself as a younger boy. <laughs> yeah, um, work it. I was uh, very close to the same age as Anna Chlumsky, who plays Vedas Holtenfuss. She plays character in this. girl, comma, my. my. I was hoping she was my girl. The and titular my girl. M- the problem with this and why it's more like never ending story for you is that she is very young in this movie. Yeah, she and is so, a, definitely a preteen. I'm expecting some like. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on here, uh, because I'll just have memories of being right, attracted being to being into it, but she's a child. So, right. uh, I think this is going to be pretty good. I don't know. What do you think? Do you, I don't think I've, this? I don't think I've ever, I've seen it in chunk. I've seen parts of it. Okay. And I think it might be the first memory I have of a movie being spoiled for me. Oh, just now? Uh, no, oh, okay. in general, like as a kid, like I think like around the time it was out, someone just told me what happens at the end. I remember being like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, Which, by the way, if you haven't seen My Girl, we are going to be talking at length about all the things that happen in this movie. Exactly. So spoiler so, alert, I, I guess. guess. Don't worry. It's a 25-year-old movie. Yeah. We're going to be spoiling it. Um, turn this off right now. God damn it. Even if you have seen it, turn this off right now. <laughs> no one listen to this. This is oh, just for our records, not yours. It worked. Everyone turned it oh, off. Oh, we ruined it. I had a big old crush on Anna Chlumsky. Um She's very precocious in this movie. She's like... Uh, oh, no. Yeah. But... I just I, started to get apprehensive when you said it. It's true. There's going to be kid acting. This whole movie is resting on Dan Aykroyd and kids. And... Ke- and Kevin McAllister, our old pal, right. Macaulay Culkin, who wasn't as good as I remembered in Home Alone, so it's Light as a possible. feather and stiff as a board. So, he doesn't have to carry this movie quite as much. And but, he doesn't have to talk to himself, I yeah, would imagine. Yeah, true. But, and nor does he have to set up lots of random traps for right. burglars. Um, but it is a very uh, Veda slash Anna Chlumsky heavy movie, so I don't know how it's going to hold up. Don't body shame acting. her. Don't call her heavy. She's a kid. Oh, don't do that to me. Um, have you ever read Bridge to Terabithia? No. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> good, because it has nothing to do with this, then. <laughs> I back away slowly from the conversation. So this movie takes place in the 60s? Is that correct? Yes, Am I reading that correct? I think so, like late 60s. And uh, she just forms a friendship with some kid? Yes, she, her... She, and she is his, and therefore he can say, she is my girl? Well, um, I th- think it's about, um, like, uh, Dan Aykroyd plays her father. Right. Harry. Is Jamie Lee Curtis involved? She is. She's, like, the new um, love interest for, for Harry. Okay. And it's a very, like, um, my girl doesn't like her. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. Um, kind of We can situation. just call her my. 
my <laughs> MG doesn't care for her. <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, Macaulay Culkin. And this is all from the top of my head, so I could be messing some of this up. But uh, I know there's like... And a, Morgan Freeman drives my girl around. Right. Dan Aykroyd hired Morgan Freeman to drive his daughter around, but he can't read? And then Winston only shows up sometimes. <laughs> right. But he is technically a Ghostbuster. Um, no, so uh, Veda's mom has passed away, and so uh, it's just kind of hairy and... Veda, and then I think Harry's mom also lives in the house, because I remember a scene of Dan Aykroyd playing tuba for an old lady, and I think that's his mom. Oh, okay. But I think they, do they live in a funeral home? I think they live in a funeral home or something. That's on you. Um, This is all kind of getting wishy-washy in my head, so uh, I'm remembering um, a lot of, like, Kind of just a voyage of self-discovery thing for MG. So how much of a mainstay was this for you? I mean, you remember the characters' names. Yeah, this was a a big one for me. Um, Did you own this movie? I must have. Um, It's possible. I bet bet it got fuzzy in certain parts of the movie. Yeah. The tracking got off. Yes. Um, We probably recorded it illegally off of HBO. Oh, I was just trying to make a joke about you masturbating to Anna Chlumsky. Oh, gross. Uh, I didn't even get that. Because um, you were wound it, you know, to play it this back This was again. probably the time, and this uh, probably will not make the final edit, because it's, it's pretty personal, when I thought masturbating was just pulling your pants down <laughs> and just leaving it there. Uh, I don't see why this is so popular. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> if only I could warm my penis up, I'll just use my hands to warm. Oh. I see. I see. I get it now. Um, oh, that's embarrassing. Um, that's fantastic. I hope you don't <laughs> cut it out. I mean, this introduction is all you, because I, I have very little... I remember this came out, I think, the following summer, maybe, after Home Alone, because yeah. Macaulay Culkin was a thing once right. it came out. Then there was The Good Son. But I think he filmed it possibly before. before Home Alone. Yeah, that could be. So I think there's actually like this switcheroo. He's like younger, slightly younger in this than he is in Home Alone. This is just, you know, ephemera that I have in my head for some Why reason. Why do you know that if you don't know anything? Um, Anna Chlumsky is now on Veep, which is awesome. Yes. I remember when I first saw that, I was like, oh my God, it's Veda Sultanfuss. Yeah, I remember also she was had a, had a brief, I think maybe two or three episode arc on 30 Rock in the first season of 30 oh. Rock. And I remember seeing her name in the credits, like before the show began. And then at the end, I was like, where was Anna Shumsky in that? I don't yeah. know if I was still looking for a 12-year-old girl, right, yeah. but uh, yeah, she has a b- brief bit as uh, one of the people as who works soon- at NBC. And she's in Hannibal as well. That's right, yeah. She plays a very Clarice Starling-like uh, FBI cadet who gets uh, presumably killed, but you later find out not killed, by oh. Hannibal. Um, I No, as soon as I saw her up here in Veep, I was like, well, that's Anna Chlumsky. Right. Welcome back. And she's Welcome great. back, my friend. I get a thrill <laughs> when people I'm not used to uh, hearing curse when they curse. Yeah. I get, like, excited. And she gets a lot of really creative ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's really what that show is for. Vehicles for terrible For Julia insults. Louis-Dreyfus and Anna Chlumsky to say fuck a lot. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm all for. Bring it's on the fourth good. season. It's pretty good. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all I've got in my old, uh, the old noggin here. Um... I'm expecting that this will be good. I think it's going to hold up, but I I don't know if that's just wishful thinking. Yeah, I think this was a, a good movie. I think this is one of those movies that became a thing because it was good, right. not because it you know was gimmicky or you know had big right. special effects or anything. I think I have a feeling this will probably be a pretty good movie. But I think what what it hinges on is what you touched on before, which is that kids, lots of kids. So Oof. two, I mean two, but still a lot of kid. Acting. But like, I mean, yeah, the, the title character. even promises like girl, this isn't my woman, <laughs> my human, my female human of right. mature age. <laughs> All right. We're going to watch my girl. It's available on Amazon and iTunes. I think right now, as of this recording, at least. Um, so watch it with us. We'll be back after the break.
that. I didn't like that you dragged it out at the end. It was oh. like sensual. We no, are. This back. is going to be a sensual recap. Oh yeah, my this friend. is a whole journey. Well, I mean, let's let's start before uh, you know you start with your recap. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, we just listened back to your introduction, yeah. and you were on that nail head. It's almost is as that if a phrase. I watched or are you on movie. the nail head? <laughs> You were on the door jam, my friend. <laughs> you were right in the locksmithing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got a pretty pretty accurate uh, broad strokes. Um, <laughs> Wait, I don't. Why, why should I be laughing? Um, no reason. <laughs> no reason. No, now no. that's funny. Uh, did you get an erection while watching My Girl? I did not. That's what the audience wants I to did know. Not. Did, were gonna... you in the boneyard while watching this? This show. I was gonna. I was gonna touch on this after the recap, but I'll just go ahead and say the people want to know the big difference between watching this back and for you watching Never Ending Story back is I know what I'm it, pervert is what you're getting at. Well, I mean, I was gonna let you fill in the gaps there, <laughs> but uh, I know what an adult Anna Chlumsky looks like. That helps. I have this like, so it's not like I have to like extrapolate or like. Oh my god, I haven't seen this famous person since. Yeah, I bet her neck elongated. <laughs> right. <laughs> I bet she got fat for a while in college, but then kind of slimmed down, but then kind of chunked back down a little bit. Well, she had kids. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to play that game. I've, I know uh-huh. it. And she's still uh, an attractive adult female actress. Like, she's, uh, like, it's not like she left the spotlight and you just saw her in one of those weird, like, where are they now? Right, whereas with Netherending Story, I'm left with, uh, I don't know what Johnny Atreyu looks like anymore. I think he fixed my car the other day. <laughs> uh, you know he's teaching, like, an MMA class somewhere. So my fears of weird feelings while watching this are were unfounded, because she's just, she's a very cute kid, and, like, that's how I felt about right. it. Right. So I wasn't super grossed out by myself or, or anything, but, uh, um, she is. She played out as the very precocious, like little tomboy that we kind of expected. I think. Right. Such dirty shoes. Everyone had such dirty shoes throughout. Yeah. It was as a- you noted while we were watching, I don't think I was ever a child because everything they did grossed me the fuck out. Yeah. You're like, oh, he's picking a scab. You're like, yeah, he, yeah, he, children. Were you a child. I was like, ew, they spit on their hands. <laughs> You're going to want to get some antibacterial soap. Get some Purell or whatever they had in 1972. Just rocks. You just rubbed rocks. You would rope rock. Yeah. Yeah. You would find a salamander and you Well, they had sandpaper. They weren't (laughs) cavemen, okay? Um, Okay, so let's recap. So to just kind of... I did get the the broad strokes of it right. (laughs) Once again, I just can't resist. Still don't know what I'm supposed to be. Um, uh, Is it because you said the word broad? Yes, because she's my girl. She's a broad. Originally um, titled My Broad. And it's kind of a broad comedy, like a goofy... Yeah, it's a very broad comedy in that I missed a lot of it. Yeah, no, it was not a comedy. Um, <laughs> just in case you didn't watch it. And just in case. We really misinterpreted it. Um, it is the... Her name is Veda Sultanfuss. They live in a, the Sultanfuss parlor. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is not a beauty parlor. It is not a beauty parlor, even though apparently they just put... Parlor. Makeup artist needed at this parlor. <laughs> Um, and then get surprised when the person who applies for a makeup artist job wants the job anyway. He's like, you still want the job, even though I vaguely worded it and expected people to leave for some reason? <laughs> um, even though I, I remembered in the earlier uh, part of the episode that she they lived in a funeral home, I kind of missed, I glossed over the whole point of that, which is that she has kind of an interesting view on death. She's a little bit obsessed with, like, she's a hypochondriac. Can we talk about that, though? I was always fuzzy on what her actual... Because, like, Jamie Lee Curtis, once she gets established as the makeup lady slash receptionist at the funeral parlor, is like, I'm really worried about Veda. And I get that she's a hypochondriac who seems obsessed that she's going to die. Yeah. But she also doesn't is not aware of death someone refers to the fact that she doesn't know about death even though her mother has died at the beginning of the film i mean not at the beginning of the film but before the film begins her mom's already dead and then you know they yeah. they accused dan Aykroyd not to jump all over the place but they accused dan Aykroyd of like hey you need to talk to your daughter about death i'm like but if she's a hypochondriac constantly thinks she's gonna die like doesn't she already sort of know about i mean i know that, that she doesn't know the ins and outs but yeah. i guess the movie wasn't really clear on like what's her problem 
Well, I mean, it's clear that she has some sort of hang-ups with just the concept of death. Not that she doesn't necessarily understand it, although right. she probably doesn't. I mean, until especially until... Because she didn't know her mother. Her mother died in, like, essentially a right. childbirth. A couple and she days. thinks that she killed her. She like thinks she killed her. In the back of her head. And the only time uh, we get to that later, she actually really confront death in a real way. Um and I think, but at this point in the early goings of the movie, we just see her thinking she's sick all the time. She sees death every day in the funeral parlor. She's scared to go in the basement where all the bodies are. Right, but um, she goes in the basement that one time while they're working on a body. But she does. She stays around the corner. Right. Because she wants to see her dad. She wants to. Have, I, mean, I don't know why I'm like vehemently defending this movie, but she wants to have a. Like, I think she just wants to talk to her dad. She wants yeah. to have a relationship. She's, he's the only other one that lives in the house with her, besides her grandma. His, which right. I was right. It was his mother who was kind of like uh, got uh, um, dementia, Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's or dementia. Of, yeah. Yeah. She, she is kind of there, but really not. She kind mm-hmm. of zones out and she'll just randomly sing and stuff, uh, which is charming. Um, and so we go down there. The first time that we see her go down to the funeral parlor, parlor she's hiding kind of around the corner and yelling, right. yelling things to her dad. And her dad's kind of like, I'm working. Yeah, you just put them down there and the, put the cigarettes down or whatever. And then uh, the other guy who works there... I, Arthur. Arthur. Uh, Arthur Ashe. Who I said would go on to be Arthur Ashe, uh, <laughs> award-winning tennis player. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> native son of Asheville. <laughs> um, Founded he, Asheville. He uh, he actually interacts with her like you would, like a, a, a right. decent human being with, would with a child. They like have little goofs and they uh, sing. Just goofing. Sing back and forth. Yeah. And uh, he's like a better father than her father, um, and we get that, a little bit of that. And then uh, I, I guess I'm gonna go back. Well, to I guess it. all I'll say is that I feel like the movie could have been a little clearer about what the deal was because I yeah. never even really got that bad of a oh he's a pretty bad father vibe. I never got. I got it that until- he's kind of like a distant father, but. Uh, yeah, well, he's not. I mean, he's clearly not uh, like. A I mean, bad he's not person. beating her. But I, I just mean like he's he. You can see as the movie develops that he's like he's hasn't gotten over his own wife's death right. over the last eleven years because she's eleven years old, and uh, and he's remains distant from his daughter and doesn't really know how to interact with her. And he's, sure, he had his mother for a while helping raise her, but now she's just wandering around. So, I mean, not to uh, give too much credit to Dan Aykroyd's portrayal of the character, but the character <laughs> itself uh-huh. is really pretty well developed in, t- in terms of his sure. issues. You know, it's just kind of like he doesn't really know how to talk to Veda about anything. And, of right. course, like, as she's getting older, he's going to have to confront some of the things you always do with a young uh, kid. And he's, like, woefully... Un- I guess I, I was that. kind of confused by her obse- seemingly obsession with death and also her weird fear of death. I was like... Yeah. If you, I'm not saying that those can't exist in the same person, but I think you're going to have to do a little legwork, Columbia Pictures, to <laughs> marry the two together for me. Don't Sorry. make me realize that that's a thing that <laughs> can both happen at the same time. All right, so go on with a recap. Now, I think we all know that rule of filmmaking, tell, don't show. <laughs> um, no, okay. Or so, show a bunch of stuff and then never explain. A better yeah, rule right, of yeah, yeah. filmmaking. So, uh, to, so uh, we've got Thomas J, who's uh, Veda's best mm-hmm. friend. That's Macaulay Culkin. Um, he's allergic to everything. Right. Just put that... Don't worry about it. I don't even know why you brought it up. Chekhov's allergy. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got... Uh, yeah, Dan Aykroyd, a.k.a. Roy Stans. I wrote yep. it here. Um, Ray Stans. I wrote... Ray Stans. I think I actually wrote Ray and just c- couldn't read my own <laughs> writing. <laughs> oh, what a douche. Um I wrote, is a dick. So, uh-huh. um, sure, I guess. We've got uh, JLC shows up, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. She's Activia. Got, she she, she comes with yogurt. She's regular at this point, I think. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah. She definitely was playing the character as regular. Yeah. Didn't two, really come up. Two defecations a day. What if later, when uh, Veda gets her first uh, period, she's like, oh, did it happen in the bathroom? <laughs> and then she's like, okay, let's get you some yogurt. <laughs> And Veda's like, no, I really don't think you understand what's happening. <laughs> um, okay, so cheap. The cheap JLC yogurt jokes. I'm sorry, sorry everyone, for going for that. Um, it's her fault for taking the poop commercial. <laughs> yeah, that's true. that's true. You walked right into that. The poop, I mean. Um, commercial shaming. That's what I'm into. It's her fault. <laughs> She's just trying to work. Um 
she's a beautician. JLC is a beautician named Shelly. Um, is that right? Shelly. Yeah, yeah. Shelly. She uh, shows up because there's a uh, false advertising uh, job <laughs> listing uh, that uh, Harry put in the paper because it says makeup artist needed at this Sultan Fuss parlor. She thinks it's a beauty parlor and then finds out it's a funeral home, although took her a little too long to figure that out. Right. Probably at the door, you would have been like, oh, this is a funeral parlor. Oh, there's a big hearse in the driveway. Yeah. Um, and so she takes the job anyway. She needs the job. Um, we skip to uh, Veda has a crush on her English teacher, Mr. Bixley. Who looks like Howard Dean Stanton? Harry Dean Stanton. He looks like... He looks like Howard Dean. <laughs> And Edward Stanton. Finally, um. together again. What? Uh, yeah, he's like one of those character actors. He actually might be the son of Harry Dean Stanton. But uh, he's just in a lot of shit. Yeah. And he plays a very nondescript English teacher that she has a crush on that becomes a much bigger plot point than I expected it to be. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, okay, she has a crush on a teacher. Who doesn't? And then it just became, like, a plot point. Yeah, it gets, it gets bigger later. So she, um, they kind of run... Uh, like everything and- else in this movie. I will say, like, every... As much as I complain about every movie's leaving strings, on, I'm like, all right, guys, we didn't have to resolve this part. <laughs> um... Well, there we get to kind of see how much uh, Veda is disturbed by the basement when she uh, is trapped in the basement Ugh, temporarily yeah. because she drops her basketball down there and she goes to get it and then uh, JLC's walking by. She sees she just started working there. She sees the doors open, closes it, and apparently it's stuck or she locked it. It, or it looks like it was. They were playing it as it sticks, yeah. so she got trapped back. Down and there. so uh, Veda starts freaking out and mm-hmm. uh, uh, covering her ears and singing "Do I Diddy." Um, one of the one of, one the, of the many <laughs> anachronistic songs in this movie that someone deliberately set in 1972 and then chose the soundtrack from the early 60s and 50s. Every song in here, except for a, one or two exceptions at the end, is from the early to mid 60s or 50s. The kids sing "Witch Doctor," which would be like me and my friends riding down the street on our bikes at 11 years old singing "Stairway to Heaven." That's like a weird. <laughs> Um, and then, so Classic. they sing <laughs> like kids. Kids later. love songs from twenty years ago. Uh, here, I wrote down. They sing "Dua Diddy." She sings when she has yeah. a panic attack. I only have eyes for you. At some point, someone is playing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Witch doctor. Sure. Uh, what else do they play? Just a lot of shit. Bad moon rising. But that, well, that's that one of the later examples. That's sixty nine. Yeah. I think we yeah. looked it up. Yeah. Um. But so, I, I think when that when Bad Moon Rising played, I said, finally, something that would be semi-appropriate, but still three years old. Uh, Veda joins uh, Mr. Bixley's writing class because she wants to bone him, I guess. Take him um, to Pound Town. Then uh, we get the, that's where we get uh, the random, really oddly placed narration pops in. It's at the very beginning. It, yes. They do, they do set it up, but it's really brief. And, it, and because it's, it's it, they have narration, the, the very first line, I believe, is her narrating Yes. Yeah, yeah. To us, the audience. I was born jaundiced. And the problem is that it's so inconsistent that it startles you every time it happens. Like, who's talking? Oh, it's the girl. You remember the laugh track in Sports Night? Yes! That's with this. (laughs) We used to, the show Sports Night, uh, an early Aaron Sorkin joint, which is really good, in my opinion. But the beginning of it is really rough, as often. And ABC, because ABC insisted it be a comedy, so they had him add jokes and then add a laugh track. And the laugh track is so half assed, it's like someone like in the back of an empty room watching TV, and you just hear them go, <laughs> and then it goes like 20 minutes without anything. And then, you know, there's, it's really odd. And you can tell, like, they really didn't want it. And you're just there. like, what the fuck was that? Oh, was that a swarm of bees going by the window? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it was some laughing. Too soon. Why? Bees. Why? No reason. <laughs> I, I, got, I like how I'm just getting the information from the movie from your recap. You, you really just I haven't it. watched it, but I um, didn't take any information in. It gets pr- pretty dark. She says, I'm afraid I killed my mother in that narration. In the, right. Uh, that's where we learn that she's kind of have that has that in her head. Which oh, you I can passed understand. over one of the great um, writing workshop parts of this script oh, that I yeah. want to bring up is like... Um, 
you know, he gets a delivery of a coffin in the very first scene to the, while I believe Jamie Lee Curtis is interviewing for, mm-hmm. interviewing, quote, 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 um, for her uh, makeup artist mm-hmm. position, a coffin gets delivered to the parlor and it's a child-sized coffin. And she's like, why is that coffin so short? And he's like, they come, I told you, they come in all sizes. And she's like, yeah. is it for a child? And he's like, no, it's for a very short person. Which I'm like, okay, but she knew you were, this is another example of my confusion at, like, why she doesn't understand. Like, she knows he's working, he even says in an earlier scene, like, honey, I'm working on my PE coach from high school. And then she's like, oh, okay. But then she also doesn't understand that people die and get put in coffins. Yeah, I guess but she, it's also, the reason I bring it up is that it's a very writing workshop, like, maybe you should have a foreshadowing moment at the beginning of the film. What does the class think? <laughs> it was just like, a, yeah, maybe because I knew the end, I was like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> just throwing well, yeah, it out there. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's easier once you know, like, you, we, obviously, anything having to do with Thomas J's death is really telegraphed, because we right. both knew that was going to happen. Sure, but it. it just seemed like, it really, is, like, yeah, oh, right. It is a little... Not not the most subtle thing. Ever, Can but. children die? Yeah. <laughs> no, Although, don't worry about it. I do think that is a thing that kids have to learn is that, uh, like, you know that death is a thing. And you know that your great aunt Edna dies, you know, when right. you didn't, you saw her once. So you don't really know that you don't really understand it. But then, I told you that in confidence, but okay. Um, about my aunt Edna. Well, she was a bitch. <laughs> Deserved to go. <laughs> She, it was a mafia hit, so oh. you're probably right. Oh, FYI, I strangled her. <laughs> <laughs> and you are the mafia hit pan. I am. They called me the bees. Uh-huh. Uh, that wasn't as good as I was hoping it was. Gonna be. We'll workshop that and probably cut it back in. We need to foreshadow the joke earlier on. Mm-hmm. Um, Can people be called bees? Th- that, for example, that's <laughs> what the foreshadowing would be. Can people have stupid nicknames? <laughs> No, they come in all shapes and sizes, honey. Um, and this is the point where uh, Veda and TJ become blood brothers. Uh, they're fishing, and uh, Veda cuts herself on a hook, and then he picks a scab, and they're like, okay, let's promise to, I don't know, be friends, whatever. Uh, oh, and I just realized that they, they caught that fish, and it died while they were trying to unhook it. And yeah. she says, did it get away? And he looks, and he sees the dead fish, and she, he says, yeah, it got away. Yeah, so he knows. Again, he knows it freaks her out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry asks uh, JLC out out to uh, bingo. Yeah, uh, because he hangs out with old people all the time. Harry and Shelley have have uh, a bingo date. Um, we get a little um, before the date. We get a little um, Shelley and Veda have a little bonding time where uh, right. they have a makeover uh, and. Uh, so, and actually, one of my favorite parts of the movie. So, Veda gets a little, her, herself made up, and they have a little chat or whatever. And uh, then Veda walks outside to Thomas J, who's waiting on the porch, and she saunters out like, yeah, like Bugs Bunny dressed up as a girl, <laughs> and then, like wiggle, you know, like blinks her eyes. At yeah, him. and uh, it was really, uh, it was, it was pretty charming. Um, and then uh, we've get uh, there. Thomas J and Veda are in the garage to get her bike and they find a picture of her mother. So she has kind of more, uh, Oh, and this, we get the heaven talk. They talk about heaven and she says that everyone in heaven gets to ride their own horse and eat marshmallows all the time. And I should note that the lighting is like over her head. So she has this halo lighting on her as well. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, (laughs) the fucking heaven talk. The mouths of babes. You, you. Oh no! A fucking executive producer said that at some point. <laughs> you know, they're really much more in touch with this sort of stuff than we are. Yeah. No, they're idiots. It's like they know. It's like they know. No, what, you mean they know what? It's a bunch of fucking nonsense. <laughs> uh, Veda finds out that um, Harry and Shelley are going on a date, and she's a little upset at first. Like she kind of. Does some spy work to figure out what's going on. She wants yeah, to go spy on them. Yeah, this is a sort of cute scene. And so uh, Veda and Thomas J go spy on their date. And uh, um, they're about to kind of kiss during bingo. Uh, not Veda, but uh, Shelly and Harry kind of have a charming moment. And they're yeah. about to kiss. And Veda sees this. And she yells bingo from outside. Uh-huh. Which causes a fist fight between <laughs> two old men, which is really pretty funny. Yeah. Um, we find out uh, at the end of the date when Harry is in uh, Shelley's 
um, camper who's which basically where she lives in front of their house. She just parked there. Well, she parks there, but she, I think she drives it away at night. I wonder where she drives. Yeah, I don't know. Because I mean, when she when they do the date, she drives oh, yeah, her she RV over. Okay. So she's so, not just so she's not parked out in front. Okay. So she takes it to the KOA. I don't know where she goes, <laughs> but she she takes it away and then only is parked there when she's working or doing F- the nasty F-ing. fucking um, <laughs> Dan Aykroyd post Ghostbusters two Dan Aykroyd. We find out during the date. While Harry is in Shelley's camper, that uh, he starts talking about his dead wife. Um, says that uh, Veda's mom died shortly after childbirth, like a couple days, and right. Uh, and nice move, Harry. <laughs> Always job. the first rule of dating: first dates don't bring up religion, politics. Do bring up deceased yeah. spouses. Yeah, you're gonna want to talk about that, uh, but it doesn't matter. JLC wants the D. That's clear. JLC wants to see. She's making the hard sell. She's into him. And uh, we get uh, the scene of uh, Veda and Harry are grocery shopping. They're going to have a 4th of July picnic. Right. And uh, they run into And Veda's in pure hate Shelly mode. She is in I don't like my new stepmom mode. uh, But she is wearing a cute little red hat. (laughs) Yep. Um, But she's furious. She uh, kind of... Rams Harry with the card at some point starts throwing random cans of yeah, green beans. Yeah, that was pretty funny. It was pretty pretty cute. Um, at the barbecue, we got a Fourth of July barbecue. Um, Shelly's ex husband shows up and he wants the camper. <laughs> he was a pretty good character. I liked him. Yeah, he was funny because they're like arguing kind of off to the side. Shelly sees him comes up and goes and is kind of chastising him like, "What are you doing here?" And then as they're arguing, he's like, "She's like, uh, oh, I guess I have to introduce you now." And he's like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> it's just a, a pretty funny thing. He's got his butt. He's fine brother. with making a horrible impression a bunch of, upon a bunch of strangers. So yeah, he's trying to kind of push her around and get the camper back, and not literally push her right. around. Uh, but uh, Harry punches him in the stomach and says, threatens to kill him. Basically, uh, yeah. If you bring him back, I'll bury him in my front yard. You know what they used to call Dan Aykroyd? The enforcer. the bees. <laughs> we did foreshadow it, kind of. Oh, never mind. <laughs> We've got uh, the fireworks when um, yeah. Shelly and Harry are having a romantic moment. But then we see uh, Veda sitting on the like a, a porch chair with her uncle, Uncle Phil. Um, not to be confused with Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> um, and he's kind of <laughs> What telling- if he was just there? <laughs> um, and you love fireworks. So this is your favorite scene, I imagine. Yeah, I just... I They kept cutting to characters talking, and I'm like, shut the fuck Over up. Over it. Get back to the stock and footage kept, of fireworks, You guys please. kept telling me to quiet down because right. I kept being, ooh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And one time you got off, and you said, ah, twice in a row. And you I said, can't. We rewind it. We, we have, have to, to start, start over. over. Yeah, we can't do that. I got to do the apparatus. I'm just like, with fireworks, after five minutes and one second, I'm like, all right, we, we, we're wrapping this up, or... There are a few things in my life that just instantly turn me like that turn that, you on that, sexually. They turn me back into a child where uh-huh. they're like a sexual child. Stop yeah. it! <laughs> I've never been not a sexual child. So think about it. Don't. Don't. Uh, it's just fireworks are one of those things where it like I'm just like immediately like yay. <laughs> like, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, I don't think about it critically. I don't think what a waste of money. I don't think this is too long. I think. That's amazing. <laughs> I wish I had ice cream right now. And usually I do, so it's fine. Can you think of an event that would not be improved by fireworks? So at your funeral... Oh, yeah. Just Absolutely shoot him out the casket. Yeah. You That'd be least, nice. At least you'd have a reason to be afraid at my funeral. <laughs> oh, God, he's here. Oh, no, it's just fireworks. Nah, it's just fireworks. You know, I really can't. Um, I also like the idea that at your funeral, they'd be shot out of the casket, so everyone would be way too close to to reasonably enjoy fireworks. So everyone would be like running in terror from your dead body. Because <laughs> the, the fireworks be, like, be coming down. Coming, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Raining fire from above. That's how you're going to go out. I guess maybe like a... No, a poetry re- reading? No, that would be, be much yeah. better, actually. I don't even like fireworks, so... Bring on the fireworks to the poetry reading. <laughs> you know what I like even less than fireworks? Oh, you're going to earnestly speak to me in verse? What about like some fireworks? <laughs> Have you thought about that? Oh, are you still talking? They're kind of loud. <laughs> so during the fireworks, uh, uh, she's sitting with her uncle Phil, and he tells her a little bit about what Harry, her dad, used to be like before mm-hmm. her mom died. And it's kind of a nice 
a little bit of rounding of the character because he used to be really funny, and she's yeah. like, my dad was funny. Um, and then we get uh, a scene of uh, Thomas J and uh, which I just Veda. kept hearing is Thomas Jane, the little loved actor who was in that failed Punisher and uh, little loved franchise. my ass. Whoa! Tell that to my Thomas Jane poster. <laughs> Can you imagine? I just did. I created you a word picture. I painted you a word picture. I guess created. Yeah, you know, whatever it is, you um, did it. We get uh, Chekhov's beehive um, because <laughs> so many Chekhovs <laughs> because they all get wrapped up. It's um, true. Also, Chekhov is known for wrapping things up. It's true. That's why all his books ended. <laughs> Veda and Thomas J are in the woods and they throw rocks at a beehive and knock it down and then the bees bees of course swarm I after the beeves which i enjoy the beeves they start to swarm of course and then they run away and he he uh um, jerry jump. mathers and justin bieber who misheard what <laughs> people were calling so it's just jerry mathers and justin bieber chasing after macaulay culkin and Anna Chlumsky. and uh they jump into the lake to kind of ward off the right the bees um so as uh, and we that, oh sorry and we hear that she lost her mood ring Oh yeah, that's by so, the beehive. Yeah, while just throwing that out there. Yeah, the only seventies ish apparel that she really wears this fucking mood ring. Is that a seventies? Is that like a that's a late sixties? Yeah, late you know 60s. how cultural the cultural cultural uh, decade the cultural decade of sixty five to seventy five. Right, sure. You taught me that because I, I like I don't know whatever like seven years ago or something when we were roommates. Yeah. You said something about cultural decade, and I was like, I'm sorry, pardon? Because 1997 and, you know, 2003 look a lot similar than 1992 and 1997. Uh, folks at home, Or think of the 60s. The, the 60s is a good example, because the early 60s look a lot like what you would imagine the 50s would look like, yeah. and the late 60s look like more like what the 70s would look like. Bell-bottoms yeah. and, you know, crocheted vests and I feel like the late what have you. part of a decade are usually more defined... Like, uh, not just the right. cultural decade. And I get that makes and sense. And I think it's it because spillover. of that spillover. Yeah, yeah. Um, except for, 19, like, what, like 2009? What, what is it? We, I, that's hard to say, but I guarantee you in 10 years we'll, we'll know exactly what 2009 looked like. Okay. It's still, like, too right. recent right now where people are like, 2009? I'm like, yeah, remember that? Just a couple, oh, God. I bet if you grab a 12-year-old, they'll be able to tell you, like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I don't yeah. know why they're so bitter about remember it. Remember iPhones? I'm like, you mean, like, the iPhone you still have? Yeah, but they were shittier. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I Jersey. don't know. Um, so, uh, Veda gets home from uh, the bee excursion, and they uh, she's sneaking upstairs in her wet clothes, and, and then Harry says, you want to go to the carnival? Leave it in 10 minutes. And she's, like, really excited, and then he's like, Shelly's coming, and then she pouts and walks Right, slowly, sure. Which is a very uh, natural reaction, I think. Um, and so they go to the carnival. Uh, the three of them go together, and uh, Veda wins a goldfish in the little ping pong ball toss, and she also finds out that Harry and Shelly... Got engaged, right? And I got confused because there's too many rings in this in this movie. You thought she stole her mood ring, <laughs> right? Like, where'd you get that ring? She's like, "Where'd you get that ring?" And I was like, "Why would JLC steal MG's <laughs> ring?" <laughs> but then I realized it was an engagement ring. But I was like, "That's why I only prefer ring-based movies to have one ring." To, Sauron's ring to rule them all. Veda uh, meets Thomas J's mom. Uh, Mrs. Senate. Mrs. Senate. Uh, whose grandfather founded the Senate. Heir to the Senate fortune. Mrs. Senate, because of your grandfather, you have a seat here anytime you want it. At this scene, uh, Veda gets a little mom envy because she sees uh, uh, right. Thomas J. Uh, Tej gets uh, kind of babied a little bit by his mom. She wipes the milk mustache off his yeah. face. And then um, you can see like she's like, I don't have one of those. And uh, Veda and... Uh, TJ go, they have a little heart to heart, uh, because they're going to run away Yeah, because, uh, Veda doesn't want Shelly to be around. She wants to run away and they kind of basically just go to the lake where they always go. (laughs) And, uh, is this the part where they kiss? Let's just say it is. Okay. I don't think it is, but let's say it is. They go to the lake a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're here. They've run away, but they kind of stop. Thomas J. doesn't want to run away anymore. And they stop. But then the, at some point they kiss. They have like a little, we should practice. And they practice right. on, their, on their hands. And then they actually kiss. And Thomas J. is super into it. 
Um, totally. And then he says, uh, she says, say something because it's getting awkward. And he says, the Pledge of Allegiance. That's cute. Yeah, that was a good scene. Cute it scene. is not the part where they kiss, really, though. But yeah. we'll count it there because he leaves early because he's like, I can't stay here. I yeah. got to go home for I dinner. Go home for dinner. Um, we've also got, uh, in around the same time, we got uh, Veda gets her period for the first time and freaks out. Her dad's not there, so uh, JLC kind of. Thank God, her. he would have been horrible. Yeah, he would have not known what to do. And so, Since he obviously didn't warn her that this might happen at any point yeah. in the future. <laughs> and uh, JLC is like, uh, let's talk about it. You're going to want probiotics. Uh, when it's the the shit is just balling up in your lower oh, right, intestine, right? Yeah, uh huh. Happens to a lot of girls your age. And she's like, again, I really don't think don't he understands. Think that's what this is. Um, and oh yeah, at this point, uh, Tom Shea comes to to just go hang out with uh, uh, right. MG. So yeah, she gets uh, mad at Thomas J and pushes him down on the porch and says, "And don't come back for five to seven days." <laughs> which is a very kid thing to say. It's pretty funny. Very cute. Um, we get a scene where uh, Veda is supposed to be watching over Grandma, uh, oh, and yeah. a funeral is actually happening. And Grandma gets up and she sings her show tunes during Chekhov's <laughs> mentally disabled person, which is an actual thing in like movies. You know that there's going to be an episode in any movie that has a mentally disabled person. Yeah. And Although, like, as and epi- you're always like, you're always like, oh god, here we go. As episodes go for this kind of thing in a movie, though, it's pretty mild because right. all she did. I mean, it was obviously <laughs> disturbing for those people at the right. funeral. But since I didn't know who was dead, it was kind of like, yeah, bring it, Grandma, sing that singer. 1930s ragtime song. Singer. Um, and then we get uh, Thomas J goes back to look for Veda's mood ring because uh-huh. now they're in love because they kissed. And he wants to get her a ring, is what I assume is he's trying to do. Oh, you think he wants to put a ring on Well, she says, you know, she says, you know, he got her this ring and, uh, you know, they were talking about, oh, people have to get married or whatever. And so yeah. I th- that's how I interpret it. He's like, I'm going to get her a ring. Because remember, the last thing he says to her is uh, when she's saying she's still in love with her English teacher, he yeah. says, will you think of me if you never get to marry out. Mr. Bixel or whatever his name is? Yeah. And uh, she's like, maybe. Mr. Pixel starring Adam Sandler. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and Josh Gad. Hmm. Anyway, um... So he goes back to look for the ring. He not he kicks the the still there beehive that's yeah. on the ground. But now. he thinks all the bees are gone. Right, he exactly. Yeah. He kicks it, um, and then while he's looking for the ring, he finds it, and all the bees come and get him. Yeah, and so Thomas J dies. Um, Let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, this movie's called My Girl. Yeah. Do you think it's possible that Thomas J had so much honey? That the bees envied him, <laughs> and that's why they attacked him. It's like uh, it was like a, an arcing softball coming right at me, and I still <laughs> didn't see it. It hit me right in the face. Because I think there's a lot of evidence also that he had a sweeter song than the birds in the trees. No, I didn't see any of that. <laughs> well, he pledged allegiance. That's more of a recitation, though. Uh, I guess you'd say what could make me feel this way, right? Um, and what would it be like? Just uh, just some softball things. There's no wrong answers. Uh, you know, his girl, Spider Man's his foot. girl, <laughs> Spider Man's um, foot. Yeah, it's not that. Mm-mm. No judgments. So Thomas J is dead. Yeah, uh, R.I.P. Obviously. Oh, so we get a, a touching, like really heart wrenching scene where Harry has to tell Veda about it, and she. It takes her a while to sort of understand what's what's happening because all he says is he was stung by bees. <laughs> he, didn't, <laughs> right. he didn't really lead with he's dead, but I understand he was trying to ease her into yeah, it. Yeah, no, sure. And uh, he should have just poked his head into her room and said, "Your friend's dead," and closed it. Your only friend in the world <laughs> is dead. Is dead. Um, obviously, she's very upset. Uh, eventually, they have the funeral home at this house that which funeral i understand uh, you know maybe it's small the town. writer's workshop was like it has to be it has to the be there it, ma- it makes sense but it's also like i feel like i don't know I, he probably also did it for free or you know like he oh cut, no there's an discount. upcharge on on no friends and family <laughs> yeah but you know that's for having a little girl i mean of course part of the point is that he doesn't understand how how, how majorly these things affect his daughter but mm-hmm. you had her best friend's funeral in her house. <laughs> right. 
Um, so she eventually does because she kind of won't refuse to come out of her room. Eventually, she does come down during the funeral, and she kind of climbs on the casket, and she says, "He needs his glasses." It, it he can't see breaks without down. his glasses. And she runs away. She runs to Mister Bixley. She wants to say that she never told Thomas. Let's Jay get that, all these strings resolved. Well, says the movie. She she never told Thomas Jay that he was his be- her best friend, and she uh-huh. she wants to you know let people know how they affect her and, and this so, is my your favorite part was that you know she runs to his house and he's coming down the steps in a in a suit he's like i was just on my way to your house and we're like you were super <laughs> you're missing late the, the minister already started you jackass we already had uh guests were or the minister was talking he get, made it through a good half of his speech oh yes we speech. had a breakdown we had a child breakdown mm-hmm. speech yeah it's called a speech child breakdowns those are at the 40 minute mark you gulicky uh that happens first um and then, so she runs to Mr. Bixley. They're having a little talk about it, and he she confesses her love to him. And he's got a, a little hottie just pop, pops yeah, out of the house. Suzanne, Suzanne pops out and she's like, "Oh, are we going or what? What's this little bitch doing here?" <laughs> no, she's very sweet, but of course, uh, uh, MG's like, "Who the fuck is this?" And uh, and like, she cuts her, we're cuts actually, her face up. I don't know why he said like, "Actually, we're getting married," and it was like, "What?" <laughs> Everyone in this movie gets married within three months. Yeah. This movie takes place over a summer, and everyone's getting married. I'm surprised there weren't babies just being born. Just being born in the the process. Um, So she runs away. I I, I wrote here, Bixley's got a boo. Um, (laughs) Bixley's boo coming this summer. So Vader runs away for real. She's had enough. She runs away for a while. But, of course, she does eventually come back. Everybody was freaking out. They called the cops, and they thought she was gone. But she she does come back. Uh, She confesses to Shelly that she's stole money from her cookie jar to pay for the writing classes and Shelly's like, yeah, whatever. Um, Veda asks Harry later uh, if she killed her mother and so we get a touching scene or they talk about that Uh, and he's like, yeah, pretty much. Um, (laughs) uh, It's totally uh, your fault. I'm glad you brought it up. (laughs) Harry and Veda are like kind of, it's a little bit later and uh, Harry and Vader are having uh, lunch at a diner somewhere, and then uh, Mrs. Senate, heir to the Senate fortune. There you uh, go. When the Senate closes, she gets all that money. She sees the Sultan Fuss uh, <laughs> through the window. and uh, Sultan Fuss. Sultan Fuss. Uh, she gives Veda back her ring, and, and you know they talk a little bit, and uh, Veda says, Don't worry, because my mom is watching over Tom's Jay in heaven. Um, and then Veda and then, reads and then, her special poem. Oh, but then Harry says, and I thought this was an interesting choice. Yeah, Heaven is just a concept. God isn't real. Yeah. Your mother and Thomas J, your up. son, are rotting in the ground. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not doing anything. Their consciousnesses are no more. And they never met in real life, so they'd have no reason to hang out. They just because you, And anyway, even if Heaven exists, you think your mom wants to hang out with a kid for all eternity? What's Jesus. She and she wouldn't recognize it. She doesn't know him. She doesn't know him from Adam. He only saw one picture of her. How is he going to fucking recognize her? And she was, like, super young. <sighs> it's fucking ridiculous. It was really... Well and you written. can't sign. That's well like saying, scene. "Hey, will you meet my parent? Will you meet my friend while I'm at the airport?" Like you wouldn't do that to another friend. Like they have to hang out awkwardly with someone they've never met before, and they're consigned to doing if that you for did, hours. You'd at least be able to snap a picture. And of them, then there's then for heaven, it's forever. Ooh, that's a big commitment. And those people's lives are going to go on and anyway. Like, so what if she at, gets older, my girl gets over, oh, then she doesn't want to hang out with Thomas J. Every person that veda knows for the rest of her life is going to be sent to her mother to like take you gotta watch them i don't know why her friends are dropping like flies but you gotta watch all these kids they're like so you were hang gliding i guess and you knew you met my daughter in college cool cool just one date huh cool so now i have to hang out forever with dave matthews huh cool yeah Ah, okay she would have been like 50 no see okay this was 1972 Uh uh-huh she would have been 30 something yeah, At a Dave okay. Matthews concert. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, Veda reads her special poem that she wrote about Tom Shay. It's uh, really revealing her heart and whatever. Sure. Uh, and kids love Nixon. That's Agnew. my. That's, that's my, my closing. Thing. Actually, that's my second to last note. You want to know my last note is? Yes. They finally fucking play My Girl over the end credits. They you, didn't even open the movie with My Girl. You wanted them to play it like every time there was a musical. <laughs> well, I think that would be overkill, but I was surprised that the movie started out with like when she like nothing. Run, when she runs away, you want. 
Exactly. Um, okay, so that was my girl. Uh, what you got? What do you think? Uh, I thought this was fine to a fault. Like, I probably, if I didn't know that this was a movie with, like, uh, you know, a fan base, I would probably forget this movie within three months. Yeah, I don't know how I'd feel if I saw this, like, without, you know, just now, if it, like, came on TV and we just watched it without any sort of... And you had never seen it and there was no history behind it. Yeah, but it touches on a lot of things that were... Uh, like obviously I did see this a lot and so sure. I have, I have the movie itself as a memory, but also, you know, like having, being a child of divorce, the whole thing of like, I, I didn't, you know, like my mom's still alive, thankfully, but like, right. but like just like having the thing where your parents are no longer together or, you know, one of them's gone or whatever, and you want to connect with you know, your father or your parents or whatever. And then that whole thing. And then like the step step parent thing that happens with jail. So I can relate to a lot of that. There's a lot of like just anger that happens because, whether they mean to or not, it's they're you know someone is trying to usurp someone who was who means something to you, you know. Sure, and you're like, yeah, absolutely. And so there's a lot of things, and I think they did that pretty well. Just this sort of like unreasonable rage, especially I, an 11 year old. And I kind of like, like that, that she liked um, Shelley. She liked until her that moment. Yeah, yeah. She's just mad at the. You can tell it's the the situation that right. she's upset about. And I think at the time this came out that. Uh, you know, mixed families, even though they were a thing, Brady Bunch, for example, mm-hmm. um, they were sort of entering into like just it was very common to know families, you know, divorced families and then step families. Yeah. Um, so I think that was sort of entering, you know, the public consciousness in a much more. In 91? Yeah, in a yeah. much, in a lot, much larger way than it had before. Right. Yeah. So there was that. But I think to me now, like a lot of it was like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> there was part of me where I was like, eh, I sort of cut the movie short. Was like, okay, yeah, I got it. When I feel like, um, so I, I mentioned in the uh, intro that we I, I connect the story to Bridge to Terabithia a lot. Sure, um, and I, I still don't know why. Well, so okay, Bridge to Terabithia is there's uh, a guy and a girl uh, like a Pizza they're place. about the same age. They're yeah. like you know whatever, nine, 10, 11 years old. And, uh, they become friends and, you know, the girl's a tomboy and they, they create the, the Terabithia is like this, you know, magical land that they make right. up or whatever. But that aside, uh, at, the girl actually dies in the book. Oh, spoiler. Oh uh, my God. Um, Terabithia. So she's it's, dead. It's about like, you know, this little kind of special friendship that develops just like in my girl. And then one of them dies just like in my girl. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, the, that could be part of the reason that I feel this way, but I feel like this movie would have been better as a book because it felt like this. Actually, when you think about it, when you think about it, like sort of academically, all the characters had really good beats. They were pretty mm-hmm. well developed. Not all of them, but most of them were pretty well developed. Like, um, um, you kind of see how they change over the course of the movie, uh-huh. all that kind of stuff. But it kind of didn't all work yeah it was a lot of it almost felt like a lot of vignettes which happens a lot with these period type yeah. movies where someone just keeps wanting to touching wants to touch on things of the time which i guess actually when i think about it, this movie doesn't really do it's not like aside from the nixon thing yeah <laughs> there's no one going hey let's all head to the drive-in and see i can't even fucking think of a movie from 1970 she did say drive-in <laughs> Um, yeah, they do mention drive-ins, but there's not a lot of that, like, cloying, like, yeah. I want to remind you what year this is, although I could have used it a little bit more from the soundtrack, because I, I, I realized when we re-listened well, to the introduction that yeah. I thought this movie was from the 60s, and honestly, for a pretty fucking good reason. Well, it know, seems like if you want to set the movie in 1972, that's fine. Yeah. But if you want to set it in the 60s, no one's stopping I think you. you're just forgetting that the, all the Blue Oyster Cult albums came out <laughs> later in the 70s. <laughs> So you keep wanting to put "Don't Fear the Reaper" in there, but it's not right. All the kids right rolling down a street. You're singing, like, are Don't we going to hear Reaper. rock and roll hoochie coo or not? <laughs> not. That was not Blue Oyster Cult. Anyway, um, so for me, I think because it touched on all those beats, it, it like I, it kind of relates. I mean, I didn't sure. lose a friend when I was a little kid. That would be even tougher, I think, to watch. Yeah. But like a lot of those beats made sense to me. But it. And, and your dad didn't tell you about your period. Yeah, that was rough. Uh-huh. Um, I did have some digestive issues, and my stepmom <laughs> did tell me did about Did offer Activia. yogurt. Um, but 
it wasn't it wasn't really the acting like nothing was egregious there there was a lot of kid acting and i think there wasn't as much as i thought there would be and yeah. it was pretty good and i think macaulay i think macaulay culkin got more on your nerves than he did on mine as long as he's not in a scene by himself i'm fine with macaulay culkin he was he's okay, still kid yeah. acting but it's fine he was he was more like normal kid acting right like, whereas like it was pretty egregious in home alone and this one it was like it was fine kid acting and mm-hmm. aaron chlumsky was like a step up i feel like yeah. she wiped the floor with macaulay culkin in this movie but she also had a lot more to do it's not like you could it was weird that they kept like a scoreboard at the bottom of the movie yeah and it was just he was she she was was killing him sinking it from the free throw line (laughs) it was like come on what are we doing and uh you know like dan arco was fine uh jamie Mm -hmm. lee curtis i thought was great um the uncle was cool even though he didn't have a lot of scenes you know like everybody was fine like there wasn't like uh so i'm not sure what it was about the whole thing that made it feel a little clunky, but it was just like, maybe it was the direction. Maybe it was just how everything was kind of put together. But right. it felt like if we had, if I were reading this story, I'd be like, that was a really nice touching story with like well-developed characters. And, but when you watch the movie, something about it, I have a theory. Tell me lighting. I think I hinted at this earlier. It feel <laughs> you're like that fucking halo lighting that best just, boy and key grip did not what the do fuck this. are you guys doing you're not even gripping anything um greg grab something um john mitchell line produced the shit out of this movie <laughs> um but i i think there there was this watching this it reminded me a lot of being in writing workshops in college yeah. and being like i see what you're doing there please stop I yeah. get what you're trying to do, and it's really there was a lot of that clunkiness, yeah, and a lot of like this urge to like include a lot of things. It's almost like Love Actually in that it's not a great movie. It just has a lot of things that just keep coming at yeah. you, yeah. and eventually your wall falls down. You're like, ah, they killed the kid. You win, my girl. Like, <laughs> there's this ma- this grandma with dementia. Yeah. There's uh, you know, a stepmother situation. There's yeah. a kid who's allergic to everything, whose death is pretty much written in the first scene yeah there's this funeral parlor mentality the dead mom and then it's all this stuff that eventually it's like something's gonna work against you yeah and i was just like you were sort of waiting for all these things to resolve the grandma has an episode in an embarrassing way yeah you know the death thing's gonna become a thing someone's gonna die and she's gonna have an episode that step parent is just like oh my god i see this all coming from a mile away and i've got to sit through an hour and a half of this watching it all sort of unfold it wasn't as miserable as that but yeah. there's a little that's the clunkiness that stuck out to me it was like I, got, I see it movie I see where you're going with this and it's five minutes in yeah it seemed like it could have been just kind of sanded down a little bit right like, like the, do we really this... need the grandmother does the grandmother really add that much to the story right yeah in fact I forgot about her a lot of the time and I was like oh right they have this this grandma. invalid grandmother well she's not an invalid she gets up and walks around and sings ragtime yeah. songs yeah but it's not like she doesn't add a lot to the story, really. I feel like, yeah, that's fair, and and it does like, uh, and the, and and even Jamie Lee Curtis's ex husband, even though it's a funny scene, yeah, it's just sort of like, okay, we see that she has sort of a backstory, but we already knew she was divorced, and now we sort of know that she ran away from him with his stuff, yeah. So it almost like colors her in a weird light, and it's like, okay. Okay, we move on he, from that because he seems like an asshole, but he doesn't. He's not an abusive right. asshole, so right? He like, just seems like an asshole. So it was like, uh, but not, we see Dan Aykroyd punch him, and I guess like, well, we. I think that not to defend that because I agree no, with what you're ahead. saying, but like that scene kind of served a little bit to flesh out her character, but really to, to me it seemed like more like for Harry to show that right. he's got his confidence back, he's willing to stand up for her, mm. no violent way, but still. <laughs> uh, oh, good, you have a violent tendencies. That's great to he see. He also had like said some funny stuff in that. Like uh-huh. he, he kind of like, he stepped up, whereas he's been kind of meek right. a little bit. I feel like floor. we got a lot more of that. Again, an example of telling and not showing from yeah. Uncle Phil, like telling Anna Chlumsky, yeah. like, your dad used to be really awesome. Yeah, right. But you ruined that when you came. Thanks. Oh, by the way, you killed your mother. Should have took your arms sunshine in. You on a cloudy day. <laughs> you got to tuck your arms in. You got to tuck and roll you when you're born. You got to tuck them. Yeah. Why, didn't, why didn't you know that? Why didn't the womb tell you that? The, it's written on the OSHA poster in the womb. Did your womb instructor not tell you that? <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, do you want to do verdict? Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add? Um, 
as we talked about before, no i got my bees joke in that's all i wanted the line from my girl that's i that's the line i thought in the shower before we came over i was like ooh, that's a good one. Oh, do you think thing. actually someone was listening to the song my girl my girl while it's like wait a minute bees, bees. You, bees I, can, say? I can do that <laughs> the bees envy him maybe they get the revenge i don't know i'm just freeballing here greg what do you think the original script was birds uh <laughs> And they were, <laughs> go on. Um, but then they were like, somebody already did that. <laughs> no, I think that one's taken. I think that was uh, Fred Cock. Fred Cockkicks. Cockkicks. Um, uh, I don't have anything to say. I would say uh, if you like this movie when you were a kid, fine. But you probably don't need to like tell a lot of people to see it. Yeah. Like if someone says, "I haven't seen my girl," don't be that guy who's like, "You haven't seen my girl." Don't yeah, be I that agree. person. I agree. Your your inner child is not an idiot. Uh, but yeah, don't rush. It's on Netflix, so if you if you're like me, walk, don't run to see my girl. <laughs> if, <laughs> what did you think? I, I I agree with your assessment. Your inner child is not an idiot, but uh, I mean, if you're like me and you were kind of obsessed with this this movie a little bit or you liked it a lot uh when you were younger and it's on netflix right now yeah turn on and watch it you know (laughs) do you have a lot of laundry to fold this is actually probably a good laundry fold yeah because you can walk away and you're like oh yeah i kind of can fill in what happened while i was away yeah and then if you have our study have weird feelings and immediately watch a veep oh yeah all right thanks for listening everybody uh that's our show um you can find us on uh facebook you can find us on twitter at y-i-c-i-a-i you can find us uh on instagram your inner child is an idiot.com you can email us at your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com uh we'd love to hear from you tell us what else you want us to watch what you agree with what you disagree with all that kind of stuff uh, All that shit. Damon's great web comic, Drewford, is at drewfordcomic.com. You can find my music at djphillips.com. Um, you can find good uh, TV and movie reviews at avclub.com. <laughs> um, Probably check the weather at the at weatherchannel.com. The Space Jam website is still up if you want to check As that out. As is the Dole Kemp website. Excellent. Yes. Is this, is this Nixon Agnew? <laughs> is there a Nixonagnew.gov. All right, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.